0: Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today's show is brought to you by a new book from Abingdon Press, I'm Waiting, God, Finding Blessing in God's Delays. In the book, I'm Waiting, God, Finding Blessing in God's Delays, which is a four-week women's Bible study, Barb Roos invites you to explore the stories of women in the Bible who had to wait on God, such as Hannah, Ruth, and Martha, among others. Barb mixes in her personal experience as well. Through these stories, you will discover that there is goodness and blessing to be found in times of waiting. Visit abingdonwomen.com to sample week one of the study guide and video sessions. Today, my guest is Rachel Proctor. She is a Texas-bred entrepreneur who has a goal to revolutionize the way women lead in business, ministry, and public service. She loves helping women start businesses and movements that give them an opportunity to be creative and use the gifts that come naturally for them. Rachel encourages others to pursue their dreams and goals and do it in an authentic way, Today, we talk about Rachel's time in public service and her recent experience running for the mayorship of DeSoto, Texas. You are going to love her go-getter spirit and cheerleading nature. Friends, before we jump into this episode with Rachel, I want to ask you a question. Did you know we have a newsletter? Yes, we have a newsletter over here, and I love sharing things with you in the newsletter, things about my life, show notes from the show all kinds of other stuff, things I'm loving, other podcasts I'm listening to. Every single week, we send out the show notes that give you the links that we talk about, any coupon codes, the advertisers, and every once in a while, I'll send out an extra episode of things I'm loving. Right now is the perfect time for you to sign up because we just recorded our holiday gift guide. It's one of my most favorite shows that we do all year long. My co-host is Ruth Joe Simons, and we sat down and we talked about 13 different places that we think are great ways for you to spend your money this holiday season. Whatever kind of gift you're buying, birthday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, we think these are great places for you to spend your money. To sign up, go to jamieivy.com, put your email in, sign up. When you sign up, you're gonna get some goodies as well. You're gonna get a code to use in our merch shop, I think you should treat yourself to one of our new cozy hoodies that we love so much that you're not going to want to take off all winter long or one of our vintage Together is Better tees. All right, friends, here's my conversation with my new friend, Rachel. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the happy hour. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming down to Austin to sit in our little tiny house and interview. Yay, I'm excited to be here. Okay, let me tell everyone how we met. Yes. This year, 2019, I was facilitating a panel between you, Jenny Allen, and I think Ruth Simons. Is it just, that was it, right? I think that was yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, and it was at the IF gathering as a leadership luncheon. And I was like, who is this girl? And then at that point, you were running for mayor. Yes. And you were my first government official I had ever, like, for real met in real life. <laughs> and so I was super excited about that. Uh, but that's how we met. And I was like, I got to have you on the show. So it's finally working out and you're here. And we're sitting down and we're chatting. And so I'm glad to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. Okay, introduce yourself. Where do you live? What do you do? Tell us a little bit about you before we jump in. So uh,
1: I am from the Dallas area, actually a city, a suburb outside of Dallas, uh, DeSoto, Texas. I do a, a couple things. Um, Really right now, I guess without, with the risk of sounding like a cliche, I just really am in this season of where I'm just really walking and helping others to kind of really figure out purpose um, in the areas of entrepreneurship, nonprofit space, whatever your mission is. And so
0: I'm really having fun um, in that space. And I saw on Instagram the other day that you were like, hey, tell me what you're doing and what money you need. And I'm going to give you some money. <laughs>
1: Sowing seeds, yeah. So that that was something that again, God just laid on my heart because I'm an entrepreneur, and so I really have a heart and a passion for helping entrepreneurs, primarily women as, um, that are in the entrepreneurial space. And I just got an unction to just kind of see what people were up to and what's everybody out there doing, and um, just just seeing just kind of helping. You know, we can I loved it because this is what
0: I thought when I saw that. I said, first of all, here's somebody cheering other people on. Here's somebody blowing wind in somebody's sails and then you get to like speak life into them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to put my name in there next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I want to talk about your time that you spent What in civil, civil we call the civil service? Public service. Public yeah. service. There we go. Can you tell you're my first um, public service <laughs> official? On? You're my very first public service um, person on the happy hour. I think that wow. is true unless I don't know about somebody. But yeah, Tell me about how this even happened in your life. It was one of those things that was totally like
1: instinctive. I never like I never grew up really. We weren't I'm a preacher's kid. So we just never really got super political in our house for whatever reason. So I never really saw anybody doing that. But it was more so of getting to a point in life to where I realized that if there were going to be some changes and there were some things that were upsetting to me or some things I was very passionate about that I saw going on in my community. And I realized that there are only certain types of change that you can make when you get a seat at the table. While we've seen people advocate from the outside, a lot of times you have to really get in, especially as it pertains to policymaking, which is what a lot of what I did um, there in my time in leadership. And so I was actually there for six years Um, three of those I served as the mayor pro tem, which if you don't know what that is, that's kind of like president and vice president. So the mayor pro tem is kind of like the vice president role. Yeah. Kind of like a VP role. Then I decided to run for mayor. (laughs) So that was a, that was an experience, a season of life that really helped me to find my voice. Even when I thought I knew, you know, I found it. Um, it really helped to fine tune it. And even though we weren't victorious in the polls, I really walked away with a big win when I realized
0: that I found that. Okay, so let's go back a little bit. You're how old when you go into being mayor pro tem? And is that an elected or is that a- a So
1: the, so the seat on city council is elected. However, I'm selected by my peers to serve as mayor pro tem. Okay. Is this a paid position? So we're volunteers. Our cities, we're not a big metropolitan city. So our work is very much. So (laughs) you got to do it because it's something that you love to do. So big people like, let's
0: say Dallas. Yeah. They're paid. Dallas is paid. Yeah. Okay. So this is a volunteer position. Yes. You're getting a seat at the table. You're working on policy changes. What did you do previous to that? Or what were you doing to make money during that?
1: So I again, entrepreneurship. Um, okay. I come
0: from a very entrepreneurial family.
1: So growing up, I literally saw my dad start businesses. We still, um, one of them is still in operation today. We have a childcare center. It's been in business probably 30 years now. Wow. Almost 30 years, pretty much all of my life. And I grew up just really being very interested in what was going on and just running business. I remember being in my dad's office at 13, learning how to make a payroll, (laughs) just standing there watching and really doing that. So I've always been in the entrepreneurial space. I've literally never worked in corporate America. That is so surprising to me. (laughs) It's always been, you know, the opportunity's
0: always been there to either work in the family business or do other things, you know. I don't know why, and this is, maybe there's some kind of preconceived notion in my head that I thought someone running for mayor is coming from kind of this business marketplace world, and you're like, no, I'm doing my own stuff. I'm an entrepreneur, making things happen, and you've never worked in corporate America. Never. Why does that surprise me so much? I don't know what I thought. I apologize for being so surprised.
1: No, no, I've literally never worked, you know. Sometimes I think about that, and I was actually just talking to a friend yesterday, and she comes from the corporate America space. And I always tell her that sometimes I wish I would have had that experience in corporate America because as an entrepreneur, and if you know this, you've built things from the ground up. It's a lot of trial and error, and sometimes I felt like I was missing that piece of, like, structure and systems and how to get those right, like, the first time out of the gate but it's taught me a lot. Like sure. I can tell people, I can write a whole book on what not to do. I like that. <laughs> I like that.
0: I always say- Totally people, don't do this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. People always ask Aaron and I to write parenting books. I'm like, well, I have a book on how what not to do. So <laughs> I know how we've messed up and three things we've done right. Okay, so you said something very interesting a while ago that I would like to dive into. You okay. said when you were running for mayor, or not when you were running, but when you were in office, you felt like you found your voice. Yes. And I find that interesting because I have had, I had an experience like that in my life where I felt as though a new experience that I was able, able to be a part of helped me find my voice. And I came to terms with it. And I I want to hear what you think. I came to terms on the other side of that experience that my voice had always been there. I just didn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. Okay. So yeah. tell me what you mean when you when, about this experience and what it brought out in you. So-
1: And I think we've all seen enough about politics, even just from what we see in the news and just from a national narrative. Um, It's very difficult sometimes to stay above the fray in terms of negativity that comes with politics. I would actually cringe a lot when people would refer to me as a politician because I was totally not when I decided to do it and make the commitment to do it. It really wasn't about being some career politician who was this or who was that and trying to make a name for themselves. It really was just about being there to help make change in my community. It's the community that I grew up in. So I really cared a lot about the city. And I think one of those things was, especially when I decided to step out and actually run for mayor, because I found my message um, I learned how to listen to the constituents and really figuring out what are the real issues that are pertaining to our community. This area that I'm asking to have your trust in and in, in gaining influence to make decisions because the decisions we make as politicians and your elected leadership, they they have to live with it. Yeah. So it it really helped me to, number one, become a better listener. But secondly, because I had to tell my platform over and over and over and over again, it really helped me to get concrete on the fact that I had to first believe it. I had to believe the message that I was trying to share with other people. And so it really helped me to know who I was because I mean, I consider myself to be a positive person most of the time. If you follow me on Instagram, I try to just be that inspirational person you in, your, are, news, yes, in uh-huh. your in your timeline. But you know, there's always gonna be negativity and there's always gonna be people that try to bring you down to a certain level. And so being able to stand up for myself, being able to reaffirm why I feel a certain way or to take a stance on a particular issue, like you can never be middle of the road with it. You have to either be for it or against it. It really helps me to get more comfortable with not being in the middle of the road, like saying, this is what I believe and this is why, and I stand behind that.
0: I love that because I think when we talk about finding our voice, we're really, what we're really saying is we're finding that we have a voice, I see that a lot with women and I'm sure that you do as well in the work that you do with entrepreneurs and women who are building something, whatever that might be, is to try to explain to people that you have the ability to say what you want or what you believe in or what you need. And it doesn't have to be given to you. Like, I don't know if you feel like this in my own experience. I felt like it was given. like at this point in my life, someone gave me the opportunity to do that. But when I look back on it, I'm like, I really had that all along. Yeah. I just didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. And I think it's it's like you said, it's like you have the ability to create the change you want to see or to create this world or this life that you want to have or to be able to help other people to do the same. And when you realize that the power has always been there, it's just about, and that's why I love Emerge. That's why I'm wearing my shirt. Um, That's kind of like my theme. It's like Emerging is just simply what's already there, bringing it into view and to me, that's what it means when you find your voice. It's like, it's always been there. It's just about doing what you need to do, doing the work to uncover it and bring it into view
0: where other people can see it. It's hard to believe that sometimes though. It is. You know, and I know that you do a lot of work with that. So transferring that idea of finding your voice and believing it and kind of emerging, how does that transfer from your time in office to what you do now with women? You're still trying to teach them this you're trying to teach them what you probably learned. What does that look like for you?
1: So I would say in a nutshell, it's it's about mentorship. It's about number one, being mentored, because I had a lot of mentors that were in various spaces that I was able to glean from and just get that support and that read that affirmation and just that confirmation that I needed as I was taking that journey. But now it's about okay, once I'm at a place to where I can, um, where I'm good in certain areas, I won't say that I won't I don't feel like I've arrived. You but have all your stuff together, Rachel. You have no issues anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you figured
0: it all out. Yeah,
1: but you know, I say this though to that. I always say because people feel like, well, I don't have a level of expertise or how can I help somebody because you feel like you're not at this level. But I say on a scale of 1 to 10, if you're a 5 on a 1 to scale, you know, if you're a 5 on that scale, then help one, two, three, and 4. That's good. You know? Yeah. And so help them with what you know and help them to get to another level using that. But it's about mentorship. It's about taking what you've gleaned, your experiences, because nobody can take your experience from you and what you've learned um and that's the point of going through everything it's like what's the lesson what am i supposed to take away from this experience i can remember when i found the results um the day that you know on election day and i and i it was apparent that i hey you didn't win I um, mean, it was who like, told okay. you that? Well, you know, you look at the results when you get, but you're the, watching
0: on TV just like we yeah, are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you would be, you know, we're watching and we had a watch party that night on election day. And it was apparent, hey, Rach, you didn't win. And it was like, but I know I heard from God to tell me to do this. And it was like, it's not even about winning or losing at this point. And in that moment, of course, you don't feel like that because yeah, yeah. you feel defeated, you know but it it was about so much more than that and again it was like okay well what am i supposed to i we're here now i didn't win but what am i supposed to take from this space this season this thing that this this thing i went through what am i supposed to take from it and it really was about that it was about taking the strength that you've gained, taking that voice um, and giving other people permission to do the same.
0: You know, I, I love that because you could have easily just gone the other way and been like, I must have missed the mark. I miss God. I'm going to go back and just do my own life. But you're taking something that would look out really like a loss. I mean, and it technically was a loss, but you would take it and say, no, God put me through this for a reason. Now, my question for you is when you were kind of wrestling with that, was there a point you mentioned a little bit where you're like, God, do we have to do it this way? Were you embarrassed because you lost?
1: I mean, it's a public defeat. That's what I'm asking. Like, yeah, like there was a part of me that was like, wow, like you put yourself out there and it didn't work. You know, but again, it was like, and there was, I had a moment. I won't say that I didn't have my days. I would and my expect moments you to have a that. moment. Yeah, to where I was like, okay, God, now I know I heard from you yeah. to tell me to do this, to take this step. Because I mean, running, if, if you've ever ran one, it's not easy to like run a campaign I mean, like literally to the tune of almost every single day, you're either meeting with constituents, hosting town halls, you're campaigning, you're walking the block, you're knocking on doors. I mean, it's a lot of work.
0: I'm tired of thinking about yes, that. Yes,
1: it was absolutely very exhausting. And um, to, to say, OK, well, I did all that and it didn't work. You know, it, it takes you through emotionally, like, you know, a lot of to a lot of places to, to grapple with not winning.
0: I think that that can be said of a lot of things in our life, because we, if you think about not even just running for political office, which you did, and I think that's amazing, but if we think about just other areas of our life that we really know that God's asked us to go through, whether that is, you know, like relationships or jobs, and you get to the end and go, wow, I feel like that we could have gotten to this a little bit different, (laughs) (laughs) God, you know what I mean? But then you can look back and say, and here's, look what you brought me through and look what I learned. And so I love that you have that perspective. Uh, Will you run for office again? I don't know.
1: I don't see it personally, but I didn't see it even before he told me to do it that time. So you're saying nothing's off limits. Nothing's off limits. Yeah. If the opportunity is there and I feel like, you know, God is telling me to do it, I would actually, I would absolutely do it
0: again. What was the biggest thing you wanted to change?
1: So there was, there in our community, one of the things that I really, really um, thought was lacking that in our community is community engagement. Um, As far as determining what our community will look like, feel like in terms of just where are we going as a city? Where are we going as a community? And that was one of the things that I really wanted to focus on was community engagement.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I like that. Uh, Is DeSoto, this is a weird thing. I like to know mascots. Are y'all the Eagles? We're the Eagles. (gasps) I cannot believe I've been thinking about that for 20 minutes. Yes. Go Eagles. Are you green? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I can't remember like someone I met last week, but I love remembering mascots. I don't know why. I'm weird. I know. No, That's no. A weird it's thing.
1: so funny. I'm going I'm to tell you a secret too. You tell can't me. share it with anybody, but I actually was the mascot <gasps> in high school. So I was I. the Eagle.
0: I'm I was seriously. a mascot in high, too, <laughs> in high school too.
1: Yes. You have to send me a picture. I, I've got, I've got some. I've got some, yes. I'll So did see you two. wear a suit? I wore the hottest suit I think they ever made. Mine was like a one-piece bodysuit. Mine was like this complicated because it was like this eagle with like a really muscular eagle. It had like five or six different pieces to it. And I had to pick the, the feet were separate. Everything was separate.
0: What made you be the mascot? I don't even know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I was just, I was just, I don't know. I just thought maybe, hey, I should try out for it. I think they announced tryouts or something.
0: I don't know. I was just that kid. How that many people always did you listen. beat out of the mascot?
1: I was the only one that auditioned. <laughs> so I was going to say, I was, the only, I was the only one too. We had tryouts and I was the only one. <laughs> so I don't really feel like I really conquered much in that moment because I was like the only person Rachel, who wanted to do I it. I did
0: not realize we had so much in common right yes, now. that's so funny. Yeah, what were you? What? I was the knight. Oh, so wow. So I had this bodysuit and then this kind of armor that went on. Was and it like this a onesie? Ginorm- yeah, and a ginormous head. We'll have to share pictures with everybody. <laughs> the reason I wanted to be the mascot is because I love football. I still do. And I could be on the field. And so I felt like I could really watch the game. So I got in trouble all the time from the cheerleading coach. It was like, Jamie, you need to like do the cheers with them. And I was like, uh, I don't do cheers. I'm just here yeah. for the game. <laughs> so that's great. Go, that's uh cool. DeSoto Eagles. Yeah. Uh you guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. So tell me about Emerge. Tell me what's going on with you now with what you're doing. So Emerge was just kind of a thing. Again,
1: it was really the word, I guess, and just what it meant really started to resonate with me as I was taking kind of a personal journey on self-discovery and just growing and personal growth. And again, it was about just uncovering what was already there. And not that I even knew, like it was, and I say this all the time, it was as much of a planner as I am, and I try to be intentional about everything, a lot of the things that have really happened that have stuck or that have moved my life forward in terms of what I feel is like a destiny thing, like something that I was really called to do was more instinctive. It was more so like, I don't really know why I'm connecting here with this person or this event or this or that, but it just feels like I need to be here. And so Emerge was actually one of those things. It was, it just, I began to get more clarity the more that I started to act. And so one of the things that was birthed out of it I've always, again, just kind of being a preacher's kid, just always really love to just inspire people and just throw positivity. A lot of times it's for me first, and then I just, everybody just kind of gets the overflow yeah. of what uh-huh. I'm giving to myself in those moments. And so I- did this thing to where I started having people to sign up and I sent out like inspirational text messages every day of like quotes or just something inspirational. And again, it just kind of evolved. And now I have the Emerge Online devotional app where I literally send out like devotionals daily and inspirational quotes and just all sorts of stuff. And there's all sorts of stuff in the app that you can do. But again, it was one of those things that just kind of morphed into it. And the more that I just began to step out there and put things out there, it just became...
0: A thing. Well, I love that you're using the gifts that you have been given by the Lord. And you're like, how can I bless people with these? One of the things that I've heard you talk about is kind of how do we use our giftings? And maybe if you're in the marketplace, you're in the corporate world or you're in ministry, sometimes we get confused about, how our gifts matter. Right. And they can be ministry without being ministry. Talk to me about how you talk with women about that.
1: Yeah, so I do believe that a lot of times we miss the thing we're called to do in ministry because it doesn't look traditionally like what we think of ministry gifts. So if we're not preaching, teaching, or singing, then we feel like we don't necessarily have a ministry. But I mean, even if you're good at social media, like that can be ministry because you can help to spread those messages. Like there's always something that you can do. And so even with me being in the entrepreneurial space, I don't believe everybody's called to entrepreneurship in the traditional sense of what entrepreneurship is. But I do believe that everybody has something that is maybe they're very passionate about, that even they can do on the side, like as maybe even just a side business or just a movement or something that they can use, you know, to to get that that part of them to fulfill that that passion that they have along with whatever else they're doing in their
0: life. It reminds me of that parable that Jesus tells about the master who's going away and he gives the people that work for him. I'm going to mess up these numbers because I don't have the scripture right in front of me, but he gives one of them like 10 talents, one five talents and one two talents. And he leaves and the 10 talent goes off, doubles his money. The five goes off, doubles his money. And the guy that he gave two buried it and came back. And then the master was like, hey, what'd you do? And he's like, I doubled it. I doubled it. And the guy with two is like, I buried it. Here is the same thing you gave me. And I love that story so much because Jesus illustrates by telling us that parable of you've been given stuff. Like you've been given gifts. You've been given talents. What are you going to do with them? And I think a lot of times, and I'd love to hear you talk about this. I think a lot of times we see women in particular take those talents and bury them because they don't know what to do. And they're scared. We're scared of failure. We're scared scared of pride. We're scared of all sorts of things. What do you say to these women who are listening who are like, I think I have a gift. I don't really know what to do with it. And it feels silly. And it's not ministry like that kind of stuff. What, you, what, is your, what are you saying to these ladies who are coming to you with that?
1: A lot of times it is just about really embracing it starts with the mind like everything's a mindset thing to me with just realizing that it is important and sometimes it can be overwhelming because a lot of things that I see with women when they when they kind of know that hey there's something else there's an itch I can't really quite scratch I don't really know how to it's about finding the way to just get started right Um, but a lot of times even with getting started they get overwhelmed because they try to start at the place they're designed to finish at. A lot of people don't okay, really do want to start. So what I mean by that is a lot of people are really afraid to be seen starting at the bottom. Or they they see, especially, And so I believe social media exacerbates this whole thing because we see so
0: many... End gate. We see the yeah, end. Yeah, we
1: see the end and we don't really see all that it takes to really dig that thing out of the ground. And so... Helping women to understand that, you know, you have to start somewhere and just take that little bit and then it grow and helping them to nurture it until it grows to whatever. It it, it may never look like something you see on social media and that's okay. You know, as long as you're doing what it is you're called to do with
0: it. I've never thought about that before. So sometimes we can be afraid to start because we don't want people to see us in the beginning. Yeah, I think, it's a, I
1: think it's a, I think it's sometimes can be pride, you know, it can be different things. It doesn't necessarily have to be pride, but just, you know, whatever it is, that's, you know, whatever the root of it is, it's just kind of like, okay, you got to start somewhere. Um, But it's, it's overwhelming because we jump out there and I've even done it. I guess
0: that's oh, why I, so, I have something in my head right now so, that I'm doing. Yeah, this
1: I've even done it. And it's just kind of like, okay, what were you doing? Like mm-hmm. that was way too much, way too soon. And it's, it, you know, God has really shown me that, you know, sometimes it's not even that He doesn't want you to have it. It's just that He wants you to develop the capacity for it. And there are a lot of things we we don't really have the capacity for yet or the tenacity for yet. And we want them, but we don't really, we're not really ready for it. And so sometimes we feel like God is holding us back and we go out there and we do things before our time. And then we got to figure
0: out, pull back a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about Emerge and I know you do something called Emerge Awards. Yes. And the what is morsels and mentorship? yes, tell here. me about this, so that is an event again,
1: kind of one of those things that wasn't on my vision board um <laughs> three years ago, yeah. and um, but it was one of those things that just kind of morphed into this into what it is now. and so again, I'm really big on mentorship. I'm really big on being mentored as well as mentoring other other women because so often a lot of times we. Feel like we're by ourselves and like what we're trying to do, and so you know, I, I love to do online stuff. A lot of stuff is I love online, but I feel like there's only some connections that you get when you're in a space, sure. and and that energy is there, and just that way to connect is there. And so, um creating just this space where women could come and just be themselves and hear from other women that are doing things and just get the sometimes get that that little boost of energy because there are so many people that believe, oh well, women can't get along. I just don't believe that, you know, because I guess because I've seen it so much even through our, just our events and other women that I connect with. And so I want to try to eradicate that mindset that we can't get together and support each other and really help one another to get, we're all getting there. Like there's enough for everybody to do it. If we all do everything we're called to do, there's still going to be more for us to do. So
0: there's room for everybody. I like that. There's, I don't subscribe to that scarcity mentality that, oh, I can't cheer her on. So what do you do? What are the awards? Like who gets awards? So the Emerge
1: Awards are, it's something that God gave me to do for women as primarily in the nonprofit space um, or ministry or nonprofit space um, to help just honor and bring recognition to a lot of the women who are kind of in the trenches. Um, They may not be getting as much recognition from the outside as some of the bigger nonprofits and the bigger organizations, but they're really doing amazing work. Uh, One of the ladies who is... Is being honored that day. She is actually a classmate of mine, and she was a. Um, she had a daughter who had a rare disease, and her daughter passed away a few years ago. And birth from that was um it was it's called the Parker Lee Project. Her name is Megan Kane Smith. It's called the Parker Lee Project, and like literally, she looked up um ten years later, and she's given like almost two million dollars worth of medical supplies and equipment to families of um, families that have children with these rare diseases. Wow. And so she's just like, i I just I'm just doing what I felt like I needed to do. And you look up and I'm like, Megan, that's incredible. That's two million dollars worth of things, supplies that you've been able to help these families to get just through you doing what, you know, was in your heart to do for people. And so people like her, you know, that may not get have a national stage or a national platform, but that are really in the trenches doing the work. And so it's just a way for us to honor them and to just set them aside to just, tell them how
0: you keep up the good work. Then this is just a luncheon that you put together.
1: Yeah. So it's just something I said, hey, let's just get together. I had some of my friends um, that are going to be speaking that day as well. Um, One of the things this year that I'm really, really focusing on, I'm really big about mental health, especially with women and women that are, again, in leadership roles, entrepreneurial spaces, because that, again, is so important to make sure you have those check-ins. Um, So we're really going to be focusing on that. One of the uh, speakers is going to be from the mental health space. She's a mental health professional. And we're going to be just talking about getting to the heart of the matter, you know, with a lot of things that keep us on cycles a lot of times and just overcoming different things. And so, yeah, we're going to be
0: I am really enjoying hearing just about how you're giving back to the people in your own space. And I think that's important. And I think it's a beautiful thing to see is for someone who says, I'm gonna give back and share on the people who are also doing what I do. And I think that is a rare thing that we don't see that often. Uh, We would see people pouring into people who might be doing something different than them so it doesn't impede on what they're doing. And so I love your heart and your mindset and everything that you have going on. guys, I'm going to interrupt the conversation I'm having with Rachel real quickly to tell you who's sponsoring the happy hour today because they make this show happen. I want to thank Away for sponsoring the happy hour. Away knows that everyone has a different travel style. That's why they make their carry-on in an array of colors, two sizes, and two materials. A strong yet flexible polycarbonate and an anodized aluminum. Not to mention the suitcases are designed to last a lifetime. And you guys, I know how awesome these bags are because there have been many times I have had to sit on my suitcase to zip it and it doesn't even budge. I have both carry-ons and love them. I have one in pink and one in gray, but the good news for me and for you is that if any part of our Away bag ever break, away standout customer service team will arrange to have it fixed or replaced ASAP. I've had this happen, you guys. I had to have a battery fix, and they did it, no questions asked. Thanks to their 100-day trial on everything Away Makes, take it out on the road and live with it, travel with it, get lost with it. Then, if you decide it's not for you, which I don't think you will, you can return any non personalized item for a full refund. No ifs, ands, or asterisks. Want to see it for yourself? Shop everything Away at their stores in New York, Austin, Come see me, guys. L.A., San Francisco, Boston, Chicago, and London. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash hour and use the promo code happyhour during checkout. If you ever see me in an airport on a trip, you guys, I am guaranteed to be pulling my away bag. That's awaytravel.com slash hour. Use the promo code happyhour for $20 off a suitcase because getting away means getting more out of every trip to come. I also want to thank Rothy's for making the happy hour possible. Have you heard about this company that's making stylish shoes out of recycled plastic water bottles? It's true. It's very, very true, you guys. Rothy's has quickly grown to a most loved, gotta have them brand. I love my Rothy's. Not only are they stylish, but number two, they're super comfortable. And number three, I can throw them in the wash whenever I want. And I was just perusing their webpage and I'm already going to find another pair that I'm going to get. I'm going to get a sneakers this time. And I think I'm going to go with a little cheetah print. Rothy's are the perfect everyday shoes for life on the go. They're stylish and comfortable and they come in ever changing arrays of colors, prints and patterns and styles like sneakers, loafers, points, and more. They also have kids shoes. You guys, you could get a matching mother and daughter shoes. Plus since Rothy's are seamlessly knit using thread made from plastic water bottles, they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. Better yet, Rothy's has diverted, listen to this, you guys, over 35 million water bottles from landfills already. Another bonus, like I already told you why I love mine, they're fully machine washable. It's like getting a fresh pair every laundry day. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash ivy. That's my last name, I-V-E-Y, Shipping returns and exchanges are free, so there's no risk, no worries, no reason not to try. Go to rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash ivy to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Go to rothys.com slash ivy today. Okay, I want to switch gears a minute. You ready for this? Yep. I think. Maybe. You don't know what I'm about to (laughs) say, though. (laughs) Okay, one thing I do know about you is that you are single. Yes. I know a lot about you from just watching you online, but that is one of the things. And I asked you if we could talk about it. So you said yes, so here we go. (laughs) Um, Tell me some of the misconceptions about a woman doing her thing in her late 30s um, and being single.
1: Some of the things I've heard um you haven't felt them or seen them just like no I'm being I, serious. well yeah no th- well heard okay. that I uh, heard about me let me okay. put it let me yeah. put it back on me some of the things that I've heard um or guys will say or a good back to me however it gets to me is that a lot of times guys are intimidated or they feel like that I don't have time or the you know space in my life to really cultivate
0: a relationship and your pushback back to that
1: I don't feel that way. Yeah. Like, I don't feel that way. I think we all know that people make time for what they want to make time for, and they'll move heaven and earth if it's if they feel like it's important. So Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily feel that way. Um, I think it's just that, you know, like I said, sometimes maybe it is the intimidation or maybe it is, you know, I don't know. I get really, sometimes I get really on the fence about it because I'm like, well, maybe you do need to scale back. Maybe you are a little intense. You know, but I don't know. I'm I'm just, I'm at a place where I'm trying to figure it out. And I was reading, I'm actually reading a book by Miles Monroe called Dating and Waiting. I'm like, okay, you know, am I really preparing for what I want to see? You know, I had to ask myself that, you know, am I really preparing for, or am I making room, you know, am I life you? for that? I am now. I'm so being more intentional you think now. you weren't before? I think I wasn't before. Yeah. Yeah, I think I wasn't before. Um, I thought I just felt like, oh, okay, well, if it's meant to be, it'll be. And there was nothing else for me to do. Like, I didn't have a responsibility to, again, make sure that I was making sh- making room for what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I-, I think I am doing a better job at making sure that I'm the person that I want to see come into my life, if that makes sense.
0: What's the difference in singleness in your 20s and your 30s?
1: Wow. Um. I wasn't very, I, I I guess I wasn't very futuristic in, in my your 20s. 20s. Yeah. I didn't really think about like, you know, dating then was just fun for yeah. me. Like it was kind of like just, okay, I'm just hanging out, have somebody to hang out with. But it wasn't really looking at, you know, how's this, what kind of father would this guy make? Or just, you know, what kind of husband would he be? Or just, you know, could we really build together? Are we on the same page with a lot of our values? Like none of those questions really came up for me in my 20s. You just having fun. Yeah. Maybe it was cute. If you're cute, then then
0: I'll (laughs) go If he's
1: cute. Yeah, but no, none of those things really ever came up for me. Now it's more so because I do value so much what God has allowed me to be able to accomplish and achieve through, of course, God's strength, nothing that I've done. But it does really matter to me now if this is somebody that we can actually start building together, looking, you know, what does life look like together with what both of us are doing?
0: Yeah, I know I have some friends in their 30s and I have um, who are single, and I've seen different people react to this differently. Some people react to like, I don't know why I'm not married. I want a husband, God must hate me. And then I'm being dramatic. But then the other side is I'm awesome, I'm cool. Singleness is, is fine, I'm fine with it. Where do you find yourself on that spectrum?
1: So a friend of mine told me this and it really made sense For that, because of that, that mindset, and I kind of was at that point. I'm like, okay, am I not really, you know, is it me? Like, what is what's the deal? But she told me, she said, marriage is not varsity and single is not JV. Like, they're both varsity. You just have to know how to, you know, maximize both of those seasons. And so that's kind of the mind frame that I went in, you know, went into it with that. At at that point, it was kind of like, okay, you're single now. What do you need to be doing? You know, what do you need to be living out right now as you're single um, and preparing again for for that next season? But I didn't want it to be so much so that I was preparing for marriage or preparing for this, that I've missed the opportunities that only come with a single season. Yeah. And so it's kind of been different. I won't say that it's it's been an easy like balance because it's kind of like your mind is going there. It's like, OK, I do need to be preparing and making space. But then it's kind of like I want to be present and, you know,
0: doing all the things that come with being single. So trying to find that balance. yeah, Which I understand that. And I appreciate that answer a whole lot. I think the same way. I It really hurts my heart to see uh, women who are single feel less than yeah. in ministry. And I honestly don't know if this is a thing that it doesn't exist outside of the church. Like this is a question I, I've never asked this question. Is this a church culture thing that a single person in their late thirties would feel unusable or is this a... a is someone who's not a Christian, do they, you think they feel less than, or is this something that the church has put on people?
1: You know what? Because I, I guess never because I'm more familiar, I never thought about it either, really, until you asked me. I think sometimes though, too, it could, I guess because I'm just, I'm in the church space. I know, so me I too. guess it, it, um, it, I guess it, it kind of, I could see how people in the church or women in the church would feel that more, possibly because of the fact that the church, a lot of times, I won't say the church. We don't, I mean, where are they headquartered? But, yeah, you right. know, like the church, there's the culture a lot of times glorifies marriage. You know, and then we talk about sin and all these other things that you can fall into as a single person. And marriage is supposed to alleviate all of that. And so um, it not doesn't, that it, just FYI. <laughs> it, it does not, actually. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, marriage is supposed to alleviate that. So a lot of times I think it, it could be a combination of those things. But yeah. I think that I could see how in the church you could be more susceptible to those feelings than outside of the church just because of the way that we focus on things and harp on things that, you know, and pertains to sexual sins and all of this, that singleness is
0: supposed to be, you know. I'm so romantic. curious about my own question now. I'm going to be thinking about that. Is this is this a big deal in um, spaces that are not rooted in, you know, Christian values or what like the church or something like that?
1: I think some of it though too becomes, it's like the ambiguity around like, what does dating as a Christian really look like? You know what I'm saying? Like what does because it look there's like? no because there's no reference to dating in the Bible, so it's kind of like, okay, well, what do we do? Like what does what does it look like? Um and I know for me, it just again, it looks like people that, you know, of course we know what it shouldn't look like i don't have to go there but you know I'll go there don't worry <laughs> but you know like looking at people that again first and foremost just that align with what you value Um, because i think it starts there if you guys don't value the same thing i think it's gonna always kind of be um that headbutting, yeah. and i think it's kind of you got to get get somebody that's on the same page with wanting to make sure that the relationship stays pure because if you don't i mean you know yeah You know, there's, there's, again, room for for trouble to
0: get started if you don't. Yeah. What is the hardest thing about, you know, we're talking about, like, what does it look like to date as a Christian? What do you think is the hardest thing that revolves around being a Christ follower and you have these values and a dating life?
1: I would say, again, like, what is— What does that look like? And finding somebody that's really on the same page, it's it's not, like, I don't know. It's, because it gets, the lines gets blurred with, again, like, what is a good time? Like, what's too much? What's too much? You know, and I mean, we get it about, you know, like, crossing the sexual line too fast. We get it. We know that. But, like, what is, you know, what is too soon? Like uh-huh. when we, like, how do you, and I think we kind of have missed the art of like, because everything is so different now. Like the art of just friendship yeah. and like becoming friends with people first. Um, I know that's, that's a big thing for me. It's kind of like, you know, okay, let's just kind of get to know each other and see. And and I'm I'm big on discretion. Um, a big piece of that was because I was in the public service, you know, in, in the public service arena as well as in ministry. So like I meet, like guys that are like, they want to, and and honestly, and usually people think it's women, but like the guys that I met, like they want to already go public. And I'm like, we're just trying to figure out right. if we want anything, uh-huh. you know, like
0: let's not, yeah. you know?
1: So that's I'm a big whole on new discretion. Thing. That's yeah. a whole new
0: thing of dating these days that I didn't have to deal with 20 years ago of, I mean, telling people and the way that we live our so much of our life online, when do we tell everyone we're dating, all the things? I mean, Jamie Foxx and what's her name? Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. I just read in the People magazine that they're no longer, but they never really acknowledged that they were. You know, that whole yeah, like they never t- did, determining, yeah. they just kind of had their own thing. Um, one of my f- things that I've heard people say about um, singleness and that I really, really love is talking about And you said, there are these unique opportunities that you have that I don't have as being a married woman. And so looking at those opportunities and saying, I wanna make the best of those. And I wanna, God has me here. I heard someone describe like, running your race, like doing what you're called to do, doing everything you're doing and you're running towards the Lord. You're not less than, you don't have less of a voice. You don't have less of a calling. You're doing exactly what God asked you to do. And then you kind of look up and be like, oh, he's cute. And we're running towards the same goal in the same race. And then that friendship develops, like you said. And so whenever I see people like you and other people that I have in mind that are not feeling, I'm not saying you don't have like emotions sometimes. Yeah you're going fast after what God called you to do. It's encouraging to me even as a married woman. So just to tell you that, it's Thank it's a, there's a lot of encouragement there for you. And I know I have a lot of single listeners, all the single ladies. Yeah. Be encouraged as to the work that Thank you're doing. You. It matters. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you don't have to determine that relationship too fast and come public yes. and everything. You know, just, just keep that <laughs> Thank going. Thank you for
1: saying that yeah. because I get pushback about that like from guys like, well, those guys that want to they think it's, they're like, well, you want to keep you're it private because, yeah, like you want to keep it private because you're ashamed of this and shame. And I'm like, no, I just want to
0: figure things I out. figure
1: things out. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I might run for governor one day. So I, <laughs> right. need, to, I need to keep it all on the up and up. <laughs> um, okay. So I always ask my guests who are here about what they're loving and what they're reading. And so you mentioned something already, but what do you love in these days? So
1: I'm actually loving getting back into my physical fitness
0: You said you're playing basketball.
1: I am playing basketball again. Did you play basketball at DeSoto? Yes, I did. What position did did you play? I was a shooting guard. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. So... I'm, I'm getting back into that and just, we talk about our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, but then it's like, okay, are you taking really, are you actually really taking care of it? So I actually got some accountability. So I work with a trainer now. That's what I um, need he's in my life. Ins- he's insane. <laughs> he like pushes me totally to my limit, but I enjoy it. Actually, I've gotten to the point to where now I like walking away feeling sore because I feel like, okay, now I'm making progress. But yeah, I really, actually really loving that because it gives me that natural energy and just... To really recommit to taking care of myself. Where are you playing basketball? So I usually go to the park. I usually play outside. Okay, so just a little pickup game. You're not in the league. No, not in the league just yet.
0: I don't know if I'm ready for it just yet, but. (laughs) A couple more months with your trainer, you'll be ready. Okay, so you're loving working on your body, just kind of taking care of it. What else? So I am
1: also, again, just kind of reading. I'm such a bookworm. You love to read? I do. I have more books than I'll probably ever read. Yeah. Um, I have books everywhere. And so I'm really getting back into that space of just, like I said, just reading some things that are that are enriching me in areas where I feel like I'm really ready to grow and stretch in. And so one of those things we just talked about was um just kind of really figuring out this single season and where what's next. And so I'm reading, um, again, that book, Waiting and Dating by Dr. Miles Monroe, and I'm enjoying that. Do you read mostly nonfiction or do you read
0: fiction as well?
1: So I read mostly nonfiction now, but I actually am reading, um, and I don't—I can't even think of the author's name. So I'm well. It's the Underground Railroad. It was actually one of Oprah's. Yeah, yeah. um, I have that book. I haven't read it, but yes. Yeah. So I'm actually well. And and my friend says I should stop saying reading because I'm listening to it on Audible. Hey, it's the same difference. (laughs) It's the same difference. We let those go. So yes, you're listening (laughs) to it. So listening to that. So I have actually started putting back in some more fiction
0: uh, books in there too. You know, I only enjoy listening to fiction. I don't enjoy listening to nonfiction. Really? Because nonfiction, I kind of want to hold it. Hold I want to reread it. I want to underline. But fiction, I'm just like, it's a story. Just tell me a story.
1: Yeah. Well, you know yeah, gonna... what? Well, I guess I'm like that too. Yeah, because I love to highlight and make notes and doggy the pages and all that stuff yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm reading right now, and I don't know the, the author's name, but it's called A Woman is No Man. It's a fiction book. So I'm actually reading it whenever I have the time. But it's a really interesting book, and I think that you would like it. It's about women who were came over to the US and I'm to I cannot remember if they're Palestinian or it does matter but I can't remember right now but their culture is way different than American culture and the oppression that the women were under and it's the story of a mother-in-law and a mother and a daughter and it's it's I'm really liking it so wow that's what I'm reading and it's fiction cool. so I should be listening to it okay but I'm reading it yeah but I listen to podcasts in my car all the time yes are you a
1: podcast listener I am what do you love so I have been listening to Jenny Allen's podcast too a lot lately, of course, The Happy Hour. Oh, you're kind. Um,
0: and I've also been listening to The Bible Recap.
1: With Terry Lee Cobble. hmm
0: Love yep. her. Love her. Uh she's a favorite guest on the show. What <laughs> app could you not live without? Um, probably I didn't even think about it. I've never asked that question um, before. It's just
1: funny. Evernote. Evernote. So you're an Evernote girl. I'm an Evernote My husband's an Evernote person. Like I've had Evernote ever since Evernote was a thing. Yeah. Like I love Evernote.
0: You just keep everything there. I
1: keep everything. Erin does too. It's kind of like my idea system. Like anytime I get an idea or even just my notes app, my notes app on my iPhone, Mm -hmm. like
0: I love it. Yeah. I just started realizing that I could speak to my notes app I know I'm way behind the times, but it you helped can? me so much. Yeah, you just kind of speak in and make a note and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. See, I've just figured things out. <laughs> um, Rachel, I am so glad that you came in and sat down with me. Um, yes. I love what you're doing. And the thing that you send out, the daily encouragement, yes. how do people sign up for that? So you could just go to the App Store or the
1: Google Play Store if you're in the Android world. Um, and it is the Emerge Online Devotional App. Okay. And it's a free app. It's free 99 And uh, we send out, like I said, daily devotionals as well as timeline graphics you can share with quotes and just all sorts of awesome stuff is in there. That's
0: really great. And I did not even know that you did that. And so I'm excited to to see what you're doing over there. So that's really great. Um, Thanks for coming on the happy hour. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Y'all, I don't want us to miss what Rachel shared about living out the gifts and talents that God has given you where you are a lot of time we miss what we are called to do because we're focused on it looking like traditional ministry. That's what Rachel said. And this week, I want to encourage you to cheer on a woman in your life, to live out her gifts, and to encourage her to seek God for direction on where to get started. Don't be overwhelmed by wanting to start where you're supposed to end. Take small steps and start at the beginning. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers, and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is Laurie Crouch. Lori, with her husband, Matt, are the next generation leaders of the Trinity Broadcasting Family Network. I was recently invited to join Laurie on TBN's new program, Better Together, and it was such an honor to meet with Laurie and capture her story for the happy hour while I was in California for the show. Also, don't worry. I'm gonna tell you when this show airs, I had so much fun. Y'all will love learning about Laurie's story and how God did mighty things in her life to direct her to where she is Today in co-leading a ministry and working in movie production. Friends, enjoy your week. Welcome to November. I'm so happy we're here. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. And I will see you back here next week with Laurie Crouch.